Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the fourth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by Katie. Hi. And Greg. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and we are reviewing the 1983 American slasher film Sleepaway Camp. You'll go there on a bus and come back in a bag. I ain't mad at it. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, replace it with Hearst, and I think he got it. Ooh, I like that. Something else, I like that. Hit that music. The squad is working in the lab late one night when their eyes beheld an eerie sight. For the horror movie list began to grow in size, and suddenly, to their surprise, they watched them all. Here was the screen of With no lights on. Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 22 of this 31 movie collection that we're doing, or marathon. So the movie we're going with tonight is one that I have seen pop up tons. I've seen lots of people say that if you enjoy horror, enjoy a good slasher film, crazy plot, anything like that, you should give this movie a shot. I've seen this for forever. And so now we have finally watched and we're going to review Sleepaway Camp. So this is Friday the 13th came out in 1980, I believe, the first one in Nightmare on Elm Street. This is a little after all of those, but it's a slasher film. So if you don't know what a slasher film is, honestly, it's... it's what are you doing here? Yeah, honestly. It's, How'd you get to here? We've watched so many slasher films. Yeah, it, it's probably one of the most pure old school versions of a scary movie honestly in america other countries you know like italian ones as you know i mean besides like the frankensteins and and yeah all of that yeah but yeah it's it's a killer stalking and murdering a group of people and usually the best environment is a camp it just works out because you're out in the middle of nowhere no technology well Newer ones, they have it, but they find a way to make it not work. And people systematically get taken out one by one. So if you don't know anything about Sleepaway Camp, uh, this one, this movie just tells the story of a young girl sent to a summer camp. And it becomes the site of so many murders after she arrives. So this movie has the whole situation, just like the first Friday the 13th, where you don't know who the killer is in subsequent chapters in friday 13th you know who it is it's the giant guy with the burlap sack on his head or the hockey mask on his head or the, i don't know the metal mask when he was in space the guy carrying a machete yes but in the first one all the kills were from a first person point of view the person about to get killed could see them and they scream and try to run and then someone sneaks off and then you know they get stabbed kevin bacon gets an arrow in his neck you know so it's like that so this one had the same situation. You don't know till the end. There are clues. And yeah, it, it, it's a fun one. So Katie, what did you think about Sleepaway Camp? I'm going to go with one and a half thumbs up. The only reason it's not getting a full two thumbs up is because it is dated. Like it's, it's an 80s movie. So there's some, you know, weird thing, like stuff that's just not okay anymore. That happens in this movie so you kind of have to set that aside when you watch that when you watch this movie for sure but 
as a slasher, it was fantastic. Like it kept you guessing the whole, all the whole way through. And yeah, I really liked it. Greg. It was bizarre. It was ridiculous. Many times it was incredibly frustrating, but I will touch on why later. And yet all at the same time, it was entertaining. And it was one of those last, last week, when we last spoke, we talked about wrestlers and zombies. And I talked about how I want bad films to be so bad that they're entertaining. And we didn't get that last week. This is what I'm talking about right here. It's bad. The acting was bad <laughs> for several characters. Okay, maybe one or two, maybe not several, but there are quite a few. But you also have to consider the times. But given everything, it all comes together to make a fairly entertaining movie. And to be honest, I kind of wanted more and kind of interested in checking out at least maybe one of the sequels. Apparently there are four that go all the way up into 2012. I don't know if I'll go that far, but uh, <laughs> I strangely enjoyed it. I did. Ditto. It seems like everybody's kind of on the same page. This popped up when slasher films were, were the hottest thing. That This was the big thing to do. Have teens try to have sex and have fun and get murdered. This was the big thing when it came out. It has it has a twist ending, and I don't think I've ever seen something like this. I have seen movies that I can relate it to now, especially one I don't even know. I like I said, I gotta listen to the commentary, but I think there's one movie that the writer and director probably leaned on because it kind of has the same kind of ending. But we'll we'll get there later when I bring it up. But this film. It, even back then, it made tons of money and it got a cult following. This is one of those cult classics. It, you know, it from all the reviews I've seen, people say like, yeah, if you watch it now, it's like, yeah, it's pretty dated. That's weird. That's really weird. Some folks' emotions about things. I'm like, oh, that's the part you freaked out about? Okay, that's really weird. But I enjoyed the story. And just like Greg said, it made me mad. I wanted more. I wanted more in this world. Yes, there are three more sequels after this but the actress that played Angela Felissa Rose she does not come back and it's actually was it Bruce Springsteen's daughter I believe and she is Angela in the subsequent sequels for it I believe it's Springsteen and um it's a fun fact uh Felissa Rose she's been in tons tons of movies and she is one of those actresses or actors there is a male scream queen but they're the ones that have been in so many scary movies that you're like oh yeah sweet i know that face and so i remember her from victor crowley so the fourth hatchet film she was the agent agent or uh what's his name it wasn't perry that's his real name perry shen's character uh so she tricks him to get him back to, to go back to the swamp and then everything falls apart again. Uh, she's the one that gets her arm ripped off, stuffed up her vagina and comes uh. out of her mouth. So that was Felicia Rose. Uh, one day, Greg. The hatchet films are wild as fuck. Yeah, Greg. If you want crazy like this, even crazier, but actually moderately entertaining, I'll, I'll show you those movies one day. Lord uh, mercy. But no, it's it, it's cool to see her young and a lot of people gave her praise for her, her role in this movie. She, it's crazy. So uh, we'll get through this. Uh, it seems like thumbs up from everybody, but we'll get through this story. 
this movie, you can find it on Peacock. And it's 84 minutes. It moves pretty quick for all the murdering and stuff, but it makes sense. It seems like movies back in the day, they had a specific time limit. And if they had three minutes left, they're like, here's the end. And just ends. (laughs) And this one kind of has an ending like that. It's like, hey, things are happening, things are happening. Bye. For sure. There's, There's some things in this movie that don't get resolved or don't finish, don't completely, they don't finish it out. Yeah, it's big question marks. It's just like, Oh no, why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you fix this? Yeah, this, so, this movie has like three or four plot threads that are just wide open and then it just it freeze frames. And I'm like, oh, okay. Old dude's just in the woods. Where, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know where he went. But like I said, it's for its time, still to this day, it's an awesome film. There are some reviewers, and like I said, I'll go over some reviews later that had some issues with some of the characters and some of the twists, but still enjoy this film but it had some problems so we'll get through this bad boy uh the opening credits hit and katie brought up the music she said the music is fucking banging in this movie uh-huh. immediately before anyone had even started acting as the credits were rolling whoever they got to do the um the soundtrack just crushed it edward belus belou belou yeah, but yeah, great. It sounded pretty dang good. So we see a campsite and you see it looks kind of deserted from the beginning, but you hear people cheering and yelling and stuff. And then you see kids playing by the water. And then there's a sign, Camp Arawak for sale. So we meet up with John and his two kids, Angela and Peter, and they're on a boat. And they're hanging out on the other side of the, looks like the lake. And they're watching the camp kids playing stuff. And the kids think it's really funny. And they capsize the boat. And that bitch flipped so quick. And I was like, wow, now we're in the water. Thank you, children. So while this is happening, a camp counselor with two kids, one's in the back of the speedboat, like, Water skiing. Water skiing. Yeah. She's wow. water skiing and she doesn't like she's having that much fun doing it. And the counselor finally lets his little friend switch seats and drive the speedboat. She doesn't know what she's doing. And she goes full speed at John and the children. So John dies and one of the kids dies. And you see the floaty flotation device ripped up. And the girl that was on the water skis, she is just a screaming. Like a She's full traumatized as fuck. A full minute of her saying, they need help. They're dead. Ah, just freaking out. And so that, that's how the movie started. I was like, yeah, damn, okay. So eight years later, we meet up with Angela. She's 14 years old. So she survived that ridiculous day with the speedboat. And she lives with her crazy ass aunt, Dr. Thomas, and Martha's son, Dartha, Dr. Martha Thomas. And her son, Ricky. And so they are going to Camp Arawak. So it looks like the camp got bought at some point. It seems to be doing all right. Or maybe it's still for sale. I don't really know. Because the guy that owns it, he's like, oh, we're ruined. <laughs> so so Ricky tells Angela. I don't know why I can say Agatha. Uh, so Ricky tells Angela that the camp's fun. I've been there for so many years in a row. You're going to have such a great time. Angela is very shy. And introverted and just quiet and for some ungodly reason at camp instead of just having fun 
maybe grabbing a boob or throwing water balloons. People just want to fuck with those quiet kids. I don't understand that. I I don't know. Just let them stay where they are. Let, let that person eat pudding in the corner. I don't care. But apparently that's what you do at camp. You make fun of the quiet kids. So Angela in her bunk, it's Judy and a counselor Meg. They're constantly, constantly screwing with her. So at dinner, it's been at least a week has gone by. And Angela's not really eating anything. And she's not really trying to fit in. So Ronnie, he seems to be the head counselor. He's trying to find a way to help her fit in. And so she has her talk to the head cook, Artie. Oh, no. <laughs> the first time you see Artie, uh, he's all types of a pedophile. He see, he's watching the kids run by. And he's like, oh, yeah, these kids look great this year. <laughs> uh, looking horrible. So Artie, the cook, takes Angela into the pantry. And he's like, well, do you see anything that you'd like? And she like looks around and he's like, hey, I'm talking about my penis. And he's getting ready to take his pants down. I've got something you'll like. Yeah. And so Ricky is walking around. He's like, hey, where's Angela? And Meg tells him that she's in the pantry. Oh, well, she's with the cook. So he goes to the back and a good thing he got back there because he saved her from, I don't know, seeing a penis or just getting assaulted by a grown man. And Ricky gets slammed against the wall and Artie's like, don't you tell anybody nothing happened back here. And so he scoots off later that day. Artie is cooking the most corn on a cob you will ever see in your life. It's in, corn. Yeah. It, in the <laughs> tallest pan or pot is that technically it's a pot, pot. that's a pot. definitely a pot yeah it's as tall as a house i don't i guess it's still a pot at that <laughs> yeah, it's point. like a four foot tall stock pot is that actually real no it, well it has to be i have never seen one and there i can't even fathom a reason why you would need to boil that much water for anything you couldn't even get to the bottom you have to use a tool you have to use a tool you Everything would get burned. Like, yeah. <laughs> how, how are you swirling the shit at the bottom? You're yeah. not. You're not. It's burnt to the bottom. That's there's like a six inch layer of shit that's just crusted and burnt at Jeez. the bottom of that pan. So Artie is doing his best to make sure this corn doesn't burn. And then we see someone come into the kitchen and tips Artie over and the pot of boiling water onto his ass. So I don't know how much water is held in this gigantic pot. But it it's hits. got at least 40 gallons of water in it, of oh, boiling water. It destroys Artie. And he's got burns all over his body. And this, this boy is in agony. And that person scoots off. The camp owner, just like any typical owner for anything in any movie ever, <laughs> he decides he's going to try to cover all this up. because They don't want to scare the counselors and the campers, mainly because he doesn't want to have to shut down because he's losing money so this will be a running theme in this movie he's like hey just keep that shit quiet so he talks to the second in command the, sh the cook and he's like oh it's a shame Artie's gone you know he was he was kind of fucking around anyway right uh, the cook's like i know it i can't see how a pot could fall on someone like that and he's like well what do you think for 50 extra bucks a week and he's like yeah Artie's a piece of shit yeah i didn't see anything <laughs> yeah fuck him and then the other cooks, <laughs> they get an extra 15 bucks a week. And they're all like, fuck, Artie, whatever. <laughs> fuck that guy. 
So, hooray. Mel worked some people over, so no one knows except the people that were close by and heard him screaming because he did not stop screaming <laughs> ever since. So, the running theme in this movie is somebody making fun of Angela and Ricky and his friend Paul running in to try to stop them. Uh, Ricky's very protective of his family. Good kid. Real good kid. Uh, it's a shame he isn't big enough because uh, people are constantly trying to fight his ass. But I mean, hey, he's out there trying. So at a dance, Kenny and Mike, other campers, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of just taller white kids messing with Kenny, with Ricky in this movie. Uh, they get into a fight. Ricky gets his cowboy hat knocked off and he was ready to swing the second that hat flew off his head. And <laughs> Paul, Ricky's friend, actually tries to talk to Angela because at this point, it's probably been probably close to two weeks and Angela has not talked to anyone except Ricky. But Ricky is understands that she doesn't like to really talk. So he just talks to her. But she hasn't said anything to anybody. So she finally says good night to Paul. And Paul's like, oh shit. And he's like, good night. And he skips off because he got Angela to talk and he seems so happy about it. So that night, a lot of the guys are trying to get some girls down to skinny dip at the lake. And all the girls are like, nah, I'm good. And they're like, well, fuck y'all then. <laughs> skinny dip with my boys. And they all get naked and hop in the water. I was like, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> never never felt like skinny dipping with all my boys. I'm like, I can keep my trunks on. Ain't no reason to be naked, I guess. <laughs> but they all hop in the water. And then we see Kenny is another just douchebag guy. He actually leads a girl out on a canoe to have a nice little romantic canoeing. And then he comes up with some type of prank saying that there's snakes and snapping turtles out in the water. And she's like, oh, okay, well, don't flip the fucking canoe then. And he flips that bitch. And Leslie swims off, pissed off. And Kenny is like, the boat's flipped over. He's under the boat, just like singing a song to himself. And, yeah, and then shadowy figure pops out of the water. And he's like, hey, why are you here? And then that person dunks his head in the water and drowns his ass. <laughs> all the other guys as they put their whitey tidies back on they they're like hey where's kenny oh you know kenny he's fucking around somewhere let's just let's just go back he'll meet up with us instead of checking because you know it is water people can drown even if you're a good swimmer you can fucking drown but the next day the lifeguard he's like pissed off because there's chairs and shit everywhere he flips the boat over and he finds kenny's body a snake comes out of his mouth. It looked legit. Like the dead body looked really good. And I was like, that's the thing I really enjoy about older movies. They don't have that CG. You know, the best they have is claymation at that point. And claymation looks shitty if you're not. You don't it, have to... it did decompose very, very rapidly, though. <laughs> Absolutely. It was in the water. But still, still that still seemed a little fast. It's not even like eight hours, probably. That was probably after midnight when they're out there. Anyway, well, I think he was being eaten too. Oh, by yeah, uh, whatever other animals there were in there. What do you say? There were snapping turtles and, and uh, snakes and shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a snake came out of his body, so yeah, yeah. So there's a snake inside him eating whatever the fuck, and probably other animals, fish and turtles and shit biting on his skin, which is why he had so many like sores and openings. That snake touch was pretty good. So, once again, Mel is like, So you know, he could have drowned, right? 
and the, the police officer and Ronnie are like, uh, no. I mean, maybe. He maybe he didn't have any hits on his head or anything. He's like, but there's still a possibility that he just like drowned on his own, so, right? So we're we're gonna say it's drowning, right? Like, because that was totally a drowning. Yeah, and the cops like, I mean. When we get some more evidence, we will talk to you. And Mel's like, yeah, yeah, sure. sure, sure. Once again, he is trying his best <laughs> not to get this camp shut down. Because it probably costs a ton of money to have a camp situation. Yeah. I don't know how much a camp costs. A lot. But, I mean, you're getting money from the kids there. But you got to feed them, what, three times a day? And then just power for the place. But it's campsite. So it's probably a ton of money. But they probably make some good money leaving the camp. The money you'd have to spend to run a camp is m- mostly exacerbated or spent on insurance. Oh, yeah. Because camp, as we have learned from countless fucking camp movies, camp is dangerous as fuck. There's just not enough adults. The adult to child ratio is not big enough. And it's what wilderness. Like, you're just yeah. like, yeah, this one fucking 15 year old can watch 35 10 year olds at the edge of a forest and a lake yeah things will be fine no kids will drown yeah or get eaten by a bear they'll be fine (laughs) it's fine man if i was sitting on the log with you i'm like katie you sure have some dreamy eyes and then a bear just like and grabs me (laughs) that'd be the the most fucked up thing like "Ah." uh back to what we were talking about the other day when we did creep though bears are heavy as fuck and you would definitely hear them crunching the leaves in a forest right i'm sitting there who's like, that Whoa. as <laughs> as sneaky and fast as bears are you'd still definitely hear them coming i love 10 year old me's voice <laughs> and i talk like i'm back in it i say you have dreamy eyes anyway uh paul he's he's still bonding with angela and actually she's talking now so good job paul and ricky's once again just angry and trying to fight everybody for her honor which is a good thing so paul asks angela to come with him they have a mandatory movie night every night right before kids go to bed and he's like well you want to go to the movie he's like it's like mandatory social hour yeah I'm like well it's mandatory he's like no do you want to go with me and she's like yeah sure and he's like yes yippee you know so after the movie they're walking back holding hands and paul kisses angela and she's caught off guard by it and he like gives her another kiss and he's like good night and he's super happy and she's surprised not mad or anything she's just like oh shit like i got a kiss okay so at this point once again we see mel and judy meg and meg judy. i said mel mel's the dude okay meg and judy once again judy all types of hater age she is the most popular girl at this camp because she grew boobs over the summer yeah but it, pre-summer but it makes her so mad that this bitch over here doesn't want to talk it's just the nerdy girl is getting in the boy a boyfriend uh gotta do something about that yeah i it, gotta gotta change that that's not okay yeah. she's living her life how what the fuck even though i'm getting attention from all the fucking counselors who are like six years older than me yeah, trying to blow her back out gross <laughs> But like I said, when, when people are salty, that salt don't go away, man. You just, you know, so. Especially in an 80s film. You're right about that. Teenagers. So another morning, Angela goes to see, check on Ricky because she's sitting in her bed and Judy's like 
why don't you say something, bitch? And what Angel likes to do when people yell at her, she just looks at them with her gigantic brown eyes, and that's it. She doesn't speak. Just she say just something. Like, speak, bitch. Speak. And they just start shaking her, trying to fight her. <laughs> say something or I'll throw you into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bitch. La, la, la. So uh, Angela leaves because she doesn't want to cause any you know, friction right now. She's like, I'm going to go check on my cousin. I- I'll be back for dinner. So as she's walking to check out on check out Ricky, these counselors and campers are just on this rooftop of their bunk throwing water balloons at each other. That's white people shit. And they see Angela walking and they're like, hey, let's hit her. Uh, I don't know how far they were. It looked like they were at least 40 feet away, maybe 50. Neither. Yeah. And they were up high. That balloon probably fucking hurt when it hit Angela. <laughs> and it was a big, it was a big ass, like a big handful of a water balloon too. I'd be pissed if I got hit with one of those from that far away. Shit, fucking Nolan Ryan over there hooked, hooked it over at you. So once again, Ricky comes out of wherever he is, feeling that Angela just got slighted. And Ricky's yelling at the boys, telling him he's gonna kick everybody's ass. Uh, like I said, it's a shame that he's so tiny. <laughs> uh, Mel, the I don't know, the owner of the camp, he sees this go down and he says that. All the boys on on the rooftop throwing water balloons, they can't have, uh, what is it called? The canteen. So canteen is like all the cool candy and shit that you shouldn't have, but you can like go get some. They can't have that for a week. And Ricky can't have it either because he's got a potty mouth. And I'm like, yeah, you do got a potty mouth. <laughs> so after this, Billy, the head douchebag that was on the roof of the bunk, he's like, Hey, I'll meet y'all at the baseball field. I got to go take a, quote, wicked dump. And he goes to poop. He grabs himself a magazine or a comic book, I think, and he goes to poop. So we see someone come into the cabin, block off the handle. And it's one of those handles where it has like an opening. It's like a half circle. They put something on the half circle so you can't open the door. And then you see a hand with a knife. It's like a kitchen cabinet handles. Yeah. They like shoved a broom through it, through the two of them. So he couldn't open the doors. Yeah. And then a knife cuts open the screen behind. So it's an open screen. So the poop smell don't just coagulate in there. But that room has to be hot as fuck. Because if it's a hot day, you just pooping in heat, which is terrible. So Billy is sitting there and he's like, hey, who's that? Who's fucking around? I guess he didn't see the knife. Or hear it rip open something. <laughs> and then the mysterious person drops a hive of bees into the stall with him. And boy, if he didn't, if he wasn't able to poop before, uh, that poop was probably shooting out then. And you don't see the hive. You just see his feet just jiggling. Now, the thing blocking the door. Now, I'm just saying it was a thin little stick. I'm, I'm not even going to act like that was a piece of metal or anything like that. It was a thin stick. If I'm trying to take it down singing a song and a beehive drops in my lap i'm humping the hive off of me and i'm donkey kicking the door <laughs> or i'm just gonna climb that bitch or go under i ain't the, the, i might get a couple of stings but i'm not dying in a stall but billy did not think about that and he gets stung the fuck up and once again the effects on the body look pretty good like, i've never um, seen they look like raspberries yes i, I was about to say some of the stings looked kind of hardcore. Like he just got stung. They wouldn't be that bad. That's like a body that was stung 
maybe five days later and they were all just pestering and stuff and he didn't festering and the body didn't completely die but like i said they needed an effect he couldn't just be little red circles everywhere you gotta make it look crazy so so they got raspberries yeah <laughs> he's laying on the ground he eats a couple <laughs> acts like he's dead again <laughs> so once again mel now he's like hey we might have to shut this shit down <laughs> he's like fuck all that money he's like there's probably a, a killer in this camp someone's killing these kids and i think i have an idea who it is so that night paul and angela they're running around the lake having fun and paul starts making out with angela and she has a flashback when her and her brother saw their dad in bed with his best friend lenny and they're like giggling about it but then it's like oh okay that's a okay that's a that's a weird side story i wonder what's going to come from this this flashback happened because um the guy was like starting to grab her boob and she was kind of like weirded out by it and so she that flashback happens and then another flashback with her and her brother sitting in bed in front of each other and the brother is like his hands slowly getting close to her chest in a pointing manner not like hands grabbing boobs but just the fingers getting closer to her and then she freaks out and tells paul stop get off me and she runs off so like i said i was like that's that's a generally implied that basically she and her brother saw her dad and his lover doing whatever and then decided to play doctor i guess guess. experiment kind of that's what that's what that scene kind of implied to me at least yeah that's what i I was kind of getting from and that she's on it was an uncomfortable experience for her as a kid and this experience now as a teen is reminding her of it yeah she's not big on touching i mean she's not big on talking either so it kind of makes sense i guess so the next day during a flag game it's one of those uh greg i remember we played one of these uh we went to some uh some sort of uh, lock-in yeah, at a church. Yep, yep. And I remember it was like two in the morning and me and you were like spreading out, trying to run to get this flag because everybody else was tired. We were just booking on them. Oh, man. I miss those days just running like a freak <laughs> into the night. So Judy, uh, old salty-ass Judy, takes her chance and actually gets to make out with Paul's because Paul's a bit confused about Angela rightfully so she's not big on explaining things but goes into the woods and makes out with paul and angela finds them kissing and so she stands there and scoots off and paul's like oh i I didn't mean it i'm sorry judy says well paul said you're you're a prude you're stuck up prude he said that to me too while we were making out just so you know (laughs) and like i said judy just all types of salt i don't know why she can't just be happy with everybody else's attention, but she's just mad that Angela just won't say anything to her. So Paul's trying to explain himself. Uh, I guess certain times of the day, everybody just goes swimming or different chunks of the camp. I, I assume they have like a rotation schedule. Yeah. So kids are swimming. Judy and Meg. The girl, it's like the girl swim block right now. Yeah. So Judy and Meg, once again, salty because they see Angela just sitting, trying to just avoid the water. Yeah. She's, because... not, she's not big on swimming. We saw her father and brother die. Yeah. Like, we're not... Yeah, they got, they got mowed know, down in water. The audience knows why the fuck she doesn't want to be in the water, but nobody at the camp knows or gives a fuck, so... <laughs> so Paul's trying to, you know, 
apologize to Angela, but Judy and Meg pick Angela up and take her to the water. At this point, here comes Ricky, just out of the darkness, like, oh shit, my cousin's in trouble. But Mel grabs Ricky and he's like, I know what you did, you son of a bitch. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I know you killed him. You killed all the kids. I saw you there. I'm like, bitch, there were like 60 other kids there too. Like, why do you think it was me? Now, this is some backstory that we don't fully get, but we heard from Paul that Ricky did a ton of tricks and pranks the years before. So Mel probably assumes that Ricky is doing pranks, but then it got a little too out of hand. And then I guess he likes killing. I, I, I guess that's what Mel's going for. But Mel's like, I know you did it. And he's shaking a shit out of this kid in front of everybody. And then Ronnie's like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> bro, yeah. He's shaking the fuck out of this kid. So Ricky runs over to Angela. She's like shittily trying to swim back to the shore. A lifeguard grabs her out. And once again, Angela looking sad. And Ricky's like, I swear I'm going to get revenge on everybody here. Everybody that screws with you. I got you. And I'm like, damn, that's a good fucking family member right there You're like i don't even know what the problem was i just saw you slighted i'm ready to fight yeah like, yeah yeah so we see another side story so meg the counselor for angela's bunk she talks to mel the owner and it's like hey remember that dinner you wanted to like have with me yeah let's do it tonight i'm free and mel's like oh this is super gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there's already been a lot of gross shit that's happened in this movie. And we are talking about like a 16, 17, like maybe 18 year old camp counselor, yeah, maybe. maybe. And this fucking camp owner is like 70. <laughs> fucking gross. Yeah. I mean, nope. Gross. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, so he's like, oh shit, yeah, 9, 9.30, and she's like, Not to yeah. this plot point comes out of completely nowhere after about an hour deep into the film. That's what I'm saying. I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> I will say there it's was a scene. probably a deleted scene where he like, hey, want a good dinner? Yeah. There was You're a scene nice on the eyes. earlier that they're all in the uh, kitchen or at the tables eating. She comes up and says hi to Mel and Ronnie while they're talking. And he puts his arm around her waist. And then Ronnie gets up to do something and Meg goes with him and he pats her butt. Like I watched it again just to see if there was any type of sign of anything canoodling. That is the most I've seen in this movie. Gross. And I was like, that's it? Okay. I noticed it in, okay. the, in the watch and I was like, I the, why? The, he, why did he touch her? Why? Yeah. Like, so maybe she's been there for a couple of years. So he's like, uh, you know, uh, no. Trying to get in the pants. Nope. I don't know. Nope. So Meg... <laughs> Gets ready to take a shower. Unfortunately, the girl's cabin, there's it's like four people deep waiting on the shower. That heater is working overtime in that bitch. If it works at all, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. But I mean, accurate to yeah. women's showers everywhere. Yeah, you're right. So Meg finds out that the cabin next to them, it's no one's there right now, but the showers, the water's still on. So she's like, cool, I'll just shower over there. As she is showering, singing some shitty ass like little tune, like <laughs> knife through the wall or the sheet through the curtain. And boy, howdy. Katie always says this when we watch scary movies and like the bad guy gets stabbed, she's always like, Why don't you just get the knife and just keep going down? Drag it. Yeah. Uh, don't don't just like 
sad puncture wound because like yes that can be fatal sometimes <clears throat> but if you believe anything from any horror movie ever nobody ever dies from just a one puncture stab wound you gotta oh, fucking stab and drag like cut all the shit <laughs> yeah so uh meg she gets the knife dragged through her body or her back and she goes down Talk so about blowing a back out yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So Mel's looking for it because he's like, damn, where's that that girl? I'm trying to blow her back out tonight. Where is she at? And no one can find her. At the dance or the social that night, Paul is still trying to apologize to Angela. And he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean any of that. Give me a chance. I did not hit her. I did not. So. (laughs) Stop. I did not hit her. I did not. I did not. Oh my god! I, that's for another day. Oh god! Don't even bring that up. <laughs> I can tell you a story when I said that out loud. But anyway, um, Angela finally says, "Okay, after the social tonight, meet me at the waterfront." And Paul's like, "Hell yeah! I get another chance!" And he skips off happy. So when Angela got dumped in the water earlier, as she's walking away with Ricky, these little kids out of nowhere just throw sand at her ass. Yeah, and at Ricky, and I was like, that must suck. You get out of water, and someone throws sand on you as you get out there. I'm like, oh god damn it, man! I got sand on me. So those kids are camping in the woods at a counselor. It's like a punishment, basically. Yeah, like y'all were dicks to Angela out here throwing sand. That's not acceptable. Yeah, go sleep on the ground. This is with Ronnie, right? The camp counselor. No, it wasn't Ronnie. It was another guy. But one camp counselor at least has his fucking head on straight and is punishing these fucking kids for being dicks. Yes. So the kids are out in the woods and I bet it's cold as fuck out there. And two of the kids are like, can we go back, please? And he's like, okay, meet me at the car. So this is the part Katie's like, wow. So there are four other children with the counselor There's six kids total so yeah. instead of waking up the other four and taking everybody back he's like well i'll drop these kids off and just come back leaving these other four kids in, in the woods, the woods yeah. by themselves no yeah he's like hey, no they won't wake up no. okay i'll be back nope nope so nope <laughs> and once again the second anybody responsible leaves we get that first person view of somebody creeping up on the kids they see the hatchet on the ground i think the kids will be all right so <laughs> so at this point back at the camp uh the door opens to judy's cabin because she didn't want to go to the social that night because she's making out with i guess a counselor it was a tall ass older dude. boy yeah. yeah he's like the ringleader of the older kids he's the blonde yeah. ringleader guy yeah who like convinced everyone to go skinny dipping and convinced everyone to get up on that roof and yeah. dig around like <laughs> throw water balloons at people like fuck that guy and so people constantly are trying to open the door and see where people are and the dude gets wet feet cold feet and he's like oh, i don't want to make out anymore i don't want to get in trouble and she's like you coward make out with me <laughs> so he leaves so she's reading a magazine in the dark because that's what you do the she door didn't want anyone to know yeah. that she wasn't at the social so the door opens now the view that we see it looks like Ricky, but Ricky with more hair. I kind of. Yeah. It just kind of looked there like was, Ricky. There was me. a little more hair in the back. It just looked like his hair was in a weird position. Yeah. That's all we see. And I was like, that was weird. And then first person view. Someone's walking up to Judy and she's Judy's like, 
Oh. Judy is curling her hair. Yeah. She wasn't reading a magazine at that point. She was Oh, later on, later on. Okay. Someone else comes in later and then she's like, oh, look at you. Hey, oh, look at that. Right hook to the face. <laughs> Judy goes down on the bed. She's like, oh, God. This was actually probably the funniest part of the film. <laughs> yes. So pillow on the face and then a hot curling iron. The first time I didn't understand what happened. And then Katie's like, ooh. And then watching it again, I was like, oh, the <laughs> killer stuffed the hot curling iron into her vagina and killed her like that. I did not catch that. Yeah, I didn't catch it either. Katie had an, a really good idea the first time we watched it. Like, it was Whoa. alluded to. It was not just like my brain forced me to make these <laughs> di- like to get there because they covered her face and that's not how you like she wouldn't have died. They, the person wasn't suffocating her. Otherwise, with a curling iron, you wouldn't die from just like burns all over your body. Like you would be fucked up for sure. But a curling iron is not strong enough to like kill you. So it had to have been that because yeah, that would as, destroy you. As soon as I said I didn't catch that, Ashley was over here in the background and said, because you don't have a vagina. Like, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, I just to Greg. I was like, I thought maybe, maybe. Like the image that came to my head was okay, pillows over the face, but then also put the 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 iron under the pillow. So she's eating, she her face is getting burned, but she's also not screaming out loud because the pillow's over her face and she's got yeah. really really I, burned. And I, I don't know. I thought no, maybe she they, tried to stab her with it. No, because they put they put the pillow on her face and then they alluded to her legs. They like glanced down at her legs. Oh, so that is like the assumption is that she got raped by that thing and then otis was like no i think she got stabbed and i was like no 80s curling irons have a plastic tip not metal so you couldn't stab like there's it's not pointy and then you couldn't break skin I had to... yeah there's a lot <laughs> so yeah after she's uh raped yeah <laughs> stuffed with the hot curling iron the person pushes her body behind the bed and then scoots it up so i was like damn you never find her and then person's gone at this point uh, this is like the last 20 minutes of the movie Mm -hmm. so mel the owner he finds meg's dead body in the shower and instantly he thinks oh ricky did this i heard him talking about he's gonna get revenge on everybody in this camp son of a bitch i had him i was shaking him good and then i got distracted (laughs) he's like meg i'm gonna get revenge for you baby i swear i'll kill him and so he goes off to find ricky's ass so Ricky had an upset stomach this whole night. So he's been in his cabin, but he leaves because he's hungry. So he got to get some candy from the canteen. So he grabs like four candy bars and he's walking back. He's like, man, it's going to be a good night. Hey, hey, Mel, what you doing? Grabs him, drags him to the woods. And he's like, yeah, son of a bitch. Just the edge of the woods, not all yeah. the way in. He's like, son of a bitch. I know you killed her. He's like, who are you talking about? And then starts punching this kid. Wailing he, on him. Yeah. Gets him to the ground and he's doing like gorilla smashes to him, like both his hands smashing this kid. And uh, yeah, Ricky ain't talking no more. Ricky's out. And I was like, Ricky's out cold on the ground. And then Mel kind of wakes up from what he did. He's like, Oh my God, I beat this kid. Into the woods I go. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah. And so after that, he's running and then he stops. He's at the archery field and he's like, Hey, it's you. Wait, I don't get it. And then arrow to the throat. 
and melts down. So it's like, okay, it can't be Ricky because Ricky just got his ass, his brakes beat off over there. So it could be Ricky if he's just really strong. <laughs> he get beat up and he's like, is he gone? <laughs> he yeah, we don't know. Right. We don't know yet. Could yeah. could be anybody. <laughs> so at this point, like Ronnie is confused about everything in life and he's looking around because he can't find Mel. So technically Ronnie is second in command. So he's looking for kids. He gets all the counselors together and he's like, okay, shut down all your bunks. Make sure your kids are there. And then we've, we've got to find Mel or we've got to find Meg. We've got to find Mel. We have, we haven't seen these other kids yeah, or whatever. Paul and Angela are gone. Everybody's Ricky is gone. somewhere. Yeah. So there's at least five people that no one can account for. And then the cop, Frank, not yet. Oh. So the other guy uh, that was with the kid that had brought those other kids back from the camping trip, mm-hmm. he went back to the campsite. Yes. And he finds the other four kids. And they're chopped up. Mutilated in their sleeping bags. So he runs back to the camp and immediately calls 911, like calls the cops. And the cops send a cop mm-hmm. to this camp with four mutilated dead bodies and possibly more that they don't know about right eight people have died in the last month yeah we'll, we'll send one cop <laughs> yeah so now ronnie is talking to the cop about yes. everything that's happening uh fun fact if you look at the cop's face he has a mustache it is like a permanent marker on his lip because they had to do reshoots and he shaved his mustache in between so they're like, well, fuck, man. And so legit, if you look at his face, it's straight up like marker on his Just lip. Give him a haircut and like glue. Right? Uh, I watched it again. I was like, that is straight up marker on his lips. And so he goes into the shower and he sees Meg's body and he comes out like that is the worst thing he's ever seen in his life. Yeah. Being a cop. I can't believe that. He's probably seen some wild shit. He but a maybe. question mark. He's in a small town. He's yeah, out in true. the woods. He's in a small town. He's not seeing grisly ass murders like. Yeah, that's true. So Ronnie and Susie, another counselor, they're looking around for everybody. And so they end up at the lakeshore. They're running that way. And they find Angela. Her back is to them. And she's sitting on the sand. Somebody finds Ricky first, right? Like busted yes. in the ground. Yeah. yeah. Some other people find Ricky. And he's not dead. Hooray. He's breathing kind of hard, but he got his he's ass beat. Up. Yeah. yeah. So they grab him and take him away. And they find Angela. And Paul's laying, and so his body is in her lap. And it's like, she's just humming a song. And I'm like, that's really nice. Last flashback. So this is, this is the twist time. So the aunt. So this apparently is right after the boat accident. And welcomes the person that survived the boat accident. And we find out that Peter was the one that survived, not Angela. And Aunt Martha says... She's always wanted a daughter. She always wanted to have a boy and a girl. Yes. So and she already had a boy with Ricky. So she's like, Angela. Yeah. Angela. Yeah. That's a good name. You're going to be Angela from now on. And this kid's, they're probably what? Uh, nine, eight or nine. No, because it was eight years later for the camp. So he was probably like four or five, I think. No, they were older than they that. They were gigantic. Yeah. They were gigantic kids. Yeah. Probably six. Six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, that is the twist. It's not Angela. It was Peter raised to be a gal. And then in the present, Angela, actually Peter, drops Paul's severed head. She cut his head off and she question mark bit his head off. Yeah, hell, I don't know. And stands up. So this scene looks really weird because it's not Angela. Obviously, they can't have 
a little girl out there. She was like 12 or 13 when she filmed this movie. This was a grown adult, 21-year-old-ish person, a college student. He played the role of Crazy Angela. They had a mask that looked like Angela's face, and they put the mask on him. That's why he couldn't really do a lot of talking or anything. And it was just like Angela's face making a crazy look and making a weird sound. And he was completely naked. So crazy twist. So at this point, Ronnie and Susie, when they run up, it's always funny to me. Every time I see it, Ronnie sees Angela and he's like, Ronnie's a boy. Angela's a boy. And his eyes keep going down to the junk and he's confused about life and freeze frame. And then the movie ends. So yeah, uh, in, the, in the sequels, I, I don't know, but it continues. Angela is still out in the streets killing folks. So I guess she don't get caught, even though two people have seen her murder people. Like, well, she's holding a head, so she probably killed everybody else. And that is Sleepaway Camp. So crazy twist for that day and age, 83. Crazy twist for now. I was very yeah. shocked. Yeah, like... Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And like 40 I, years later, that shock holds up. If you've never seen this movie, like it's going to catch you off guard for and, sure. And it makes more sense when people are like, even if you're not the biggest fan of slasher films, if you enjoy a good horror movie, it, it's pretty solid. Kills are great, even though you don't really see it. It's not super graphic. It just, I don't know, they make it, they make it look good. So Katie, who is your favorite character in Sleepaway Camp? I have two because I cannot decide which one I like more. And it is, I'm, I'm going to say it's the duo of them together of Ricky and Angela. Uh, the couple of cousins, like just their cousinly love for each other or like Ricky's constant taking care of her and Angela just like, just leave me the fuck alone attitude the whole time. Um, I like... I liked both of them a lot and they were I think they were the best characters in the movie. Greg. I mean, it has to be Ricky. It can't possibly be anyone else. Like you can get you can say Angela, but other than that, there is let me save this because we have to go through we have to go through least favorite. And I don't want to go through a spill twice. So I'm just gonna <laughs> say I would just say Ricky by default. Yeah. Yeah. Greg beat me to it. Uh, like I said, if, if me and Greg went to camp, not even related to this man, not related to him. If somebody was fucking with Greg, we fighting. That's an everyday thing. Like, hey, leave him alone. And I, I'm not even going to yell, leave him alone. I'm just going to just run at the person. Like I said, mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to have family like that. Uh, I never had to do that for Jasmine, my little sister, because she likes to fight. So like, I was yeah. always like, dang, that's oh, fucked. It. Damn, she jumped on her. Okay. It would have been the other way around. If someone, was pick- <laughs> if someone was picking on you... Jasmine would have been fighting. Oh, absolutely. Sight. That's what it she would, would come from just out of the darkness swinging. Just yeah. like, oh, goddamn. So, but no, I think I always think that's really cool. And Ricky had, the, you know, his heart in the right place the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Sure, he wanted to see Judy's boobs. I guess everybody wanted to see them boobs. So, you know, but he knew she was a bad person instantly. He's like, hey, man, hey, you want to get busy just like last year? And she's like, nah. He's like, well, you then <laughs> <laughs> but then that was it it wasn't like any like trying to put your hands on her like yeah. other people or continuing to push yeah so i guess i mean 
he did it in the most, I mean, excuse me, in the least offensive way you could possibly do it. Yeah. He, he was just thinking about last year. He's like, hey, man, we made it all last camp together. You want to hop back on that train? She's like, nah. Like, they were, quote, steadies. Yeah. Right. And Katie said, no. Like, hey, last camp, baby. We were, we were busy. You want to do it again? She's like, nah. Like, they want to get with you anyway. And as I'm crying, going around the corner. <laughs> but uh, so, Katie, who was your least favorite character? Um, there are a lot of options, honestly. My list, <laughs> Why are you preempting this? <laughs> my list is four deep. Um, but I'm gonna go with again two people, and it is the duo <laughs> that is Judy and Meg. Yeah, they're pretty shitty. Fuck those bitches. Like, if I had been at this camp, which I would never be because camp is just no, but I would have fucking beat the shit out of both of these girls for picking on this little girl. Like it just immediately, like fuck both of them. They were like, there's absolutely no reason that Meg was, should have been allowed to be a fucking camp counselor. She was picking on her fucking little, the kids in her cabin. Like what the hell, bitch? What are you doing? You are supposed to be the authority figure here not the terrorist how dare you and judy was just awful yeah like you literally have every boy in camp fawning over you because you magically grew from flat chested to having an a cup over the school year and you have to be with the one nerdy boy who's into the one nerdy girl at camp go fuck yourself with a hot curling iron. Bleep. Greg. Well, damn. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I cannot and refuse to pick just one person because yep. this is the worst collection of human beings in a fictional universe I have ever encountered. Everyone is a terrible person. Save for, save for Ricky and his cousin. Well, Cousin turns out to be, you know, a mass murderer. So you have to really put that out there. So aside from Ricky, everyone is a terrible person. You got Bernie the pedo. You got the owner who's covering up these murders because he wants to make money. And also letting these kids fight at the dance and not do anything about it while he's sitting there with a cigar in his hand. There's that. But then all of a sudden, oh, you think you know who's, who's doing the killing and it's, you know, Oh, all of a sudden you care because it's a personal vendetta against you and the kid, the, the girl that you want to pedo. There's him. Of course, you got Judy and Meg. And you touched on that plenty. By the way, I can't tell if Judy, the actress that played Judy, is a terrible actor or a really good actor with her mannerisms, the way she said things, just her in her facial expressions. It, it seemed like she was doing really good at it. Like she she knows how to be annoying. She's probably not that bad of an actress, honestly. I can't tell. I can't tell. <laughs> um, who else is trash? Every other camp counselor, male and female, complete trash to these people. Like, like I don't, I'm not crazy about kids either, but I also don't put myself to be in a position to be a camp counselor. So, like, I mean, I'm also not working with kids and not trying to, like, give them PTSD and just, like, you know, drown them and, like, give them pneumonia sleeping in the cold or, like, tormenting them in each other way or trying to fight them um all these kids treat each other terribly and they treat their authority figures terribly just ugh, everyone is just 
such a bad human being. The way they treat each other, it was just, ugh. I had to make, I didn't like, I had to pull myself together and remind myself I'm watching, I'm watching a film and these, none of these people exist. And they're, it at least made me really excited to see them get their comeuppance because there's always mm-hmm. those handful of characters you're like, oh, I can't wait for you to die. <laughs> there's always those characters in your shows when, they're, when there's killing involved that you just, man, I just cannot wait for you to get yours. So they definitely had me invested in that sense, but you can't just, I, get, I can't just pick one because this, this whole group is just the worst group of people ever. Yeah, uh, ditto. But if I had to pick just one, probably the person that stayed the longest on screen and just was doing the most just dirt shit, it's probably Mel, the owner. Uh, he shook so many children and beat up one one too many children. <laughs> and then the whole thing with Meg, he's, about to, he's trying to get it in. I was like, damn, this dude is doing everything. Uh, he was an absolute mess. Uh, the cook, he got his comeuppance trying to take his pants off in front of a girl. So I was happy about that. And I guess Mel got an arrow in his throat. So and he got his comeuppance too. But Mel was poop. But I just, yeah. The problem with Mel's um, injury is that if they find him quick enough and are careful enough when they remove that arrow, he might not die. Jeez, that's crazy. But he was out in the, well, the archery. So it depends on if anybody goes that way. Yeah, but I'm sure that one cop, after discovering that grisly body in the shower, called for backup. <laughs> so yeah, there's other funny. cops coming, hopefully. So, quick fun fact in the cast, Greg. The one cook in the back, after Artie got burnt up by the corn water, the black guy, Ben. Yeah. His name is Robert Earl Jones. His son is James Earl Jones. I thought he looks like him. I thought so. I looked up a picture of him, like young him. That's James Earl Jones's fucking face, 100%. It absolutely is. Yeah. And I remember thinking like for two seconds, like, could this be? No, that's definitely not him. Doesn't sound like him. And it doesn't have the bites, his body type, unless I was looking like at an extremely skinny in the past James Earl Jones. I just like, like, I just... You could just see the favor in him. You could see yeah. how favored him. I oh my goodness. Yeah, I was going through pictures of just people and the ones that are highlighted. You know, you can see their face. And I just went by Robert Earl Jones. I was like, why is there a picture of James Earl Jones on this? And then I like sat and like looked at it and like looked him up. I was like, oh my damn, that's dead. <laughs> like, but he looks just like him. Like James Earl Jones is. He can never say that's not my child. I'm like, bitch, <laughs> that's your kid. Which is fucking awesome, man. Those jeans, jeans cut through anything else. I don't know how the mom looked, but don't matter. <laughs> so let's do seven word synopsis. So my first one is the big one that the the movies that it made me feel like when I watched it. Psycho and Friday the 13th mixed together. So at the end of Psycho, spoilers for anybody that hadn't seen it, but that movie's older than a lot of people. At the end, we find out that it's not the mother, the old lady killing people. No, it's the son dressed up like the mom killing folks that get close to the hotel. And even for them, that was a crazy twist. People waiting on this old lady to do all the killing. They're like, oh, it's Norman dressed like the mom with a voice, too. Holy shit. That's crazy. I didn't think that. And so just like with this movie, the twist at the end with Angela and like, 
oh wait angel wait that's peter oh shit like it caught a lot of people off guard i wasn't really expecting that i had a feeling it was her because she was a little too quiet just from the beginning i'm like she's involved with this somehow so my next one besides the murders camp looked like fun oh come on no (laughs) i never got to go to camp i watched bug juice on disney channel and that's all i had of camp that and salute your shorts that's all i had when i was growing up i would have loved to go to camp but uh, as my mom would quote say uh you got that camp money and then i just stayed home and you know just ate food the next one why is the aunt so creepy oh uh, at the beginning her the actress that played the aunt she hammed up all the lines she said i was like why is she acting so goddamn weird like everybody else is not acting as hard as her it makes sense she's fucking crazy so uh my next one mel beat the brakes off of, of ricky i was like damn he's beating his kid's ass god damn he's still hitting him i was like where where's another adult like save this child uh one scene that came out of nowhere and it caught me off guard nerd pulled out a knife real quick so there's one little nerdy kid in mozart the- uh yeah they they're fucking with him the whole movie and then finally they hit him with the like shaving cream on the face while he's asleep or in the hand. He slapped himself. And Mozart got up, pulled out the knife. He's like, I'm stabbing somebody. And <laughs> Ricky's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he's backing up, but in a playful way. He's like, you ain't going to stab me, fatty. And the counselor comes in. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I'm just playing. So, and my last one. Uh, Angela not talking gets folks so pissed. They're like, why aren't you talking? Five seconds of silence. You bitch, you better say something. I'm like, just let it go. <laughs> like, why are you so mad? Katie. Summer camp seems molesty and unsafe <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Katie sees all of that. I'm just like, wow, paddleboard. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. The the aunt is basically mom from Coraline. Oh shit! I'm in Coraline a hot minute. When she goes to the other side, yeah, like the mom with creepy. the the mom with the eyes. Oh yeah, the creepy eyes. The button eyes. The button eyes. Yeah. Okay. And then my last one is a 14 word, and it's more of a statement than a synopsis, but. Forcing gender dysphoria so you can have a boy and girl is absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. I'll get into a little bit more of that later. <laughs> Greg. I don't care if she's supposed to be crazy. It's still some bad acting. She was mm-hmm. she was the worst of them all. Um, okay. Camp of douchebags get their comeuppance. Yep. Yep. Like, this is the ultimate karma film. It's exactly who you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, usually you think there's some sort of swerve. Like, no, nah, it's too obvious it's going to be Angela. Nope. It's exactly who you think it is. And finally, why is this place even open still? That's what I'm saying. I guess there are not that many other camps around. They're like, well, you know, this one's kind of cheap. Okay. Come back safe, Ricky. <laughs> well, in the 80s, nobody gave a fuck about their child's safety. They really did not care. So but, much they're going to send send a girl to the same camp where her father died. Yeah, right? Like, not even like miles away, just like in the water, paddle out a little bit. It's, I don't know why you'd send anyone who suffered that kind of traumatic experience 
to a place where being in the water is part of the experience. Like send that girl to music camp. What? Pick any other event, space camp, science camp, not regular ass summer camp. That girl don't need to be anywhere near a fucking lake. Wow. I, wow. That's so dumb. I didn't even connect two and two. Her dad died not that in far that away. In that water, yeah. Wow, that's so idiotic. And her brother or her sister. That's so idiotic. His sis, Peter's sister, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Just fucking horrible. Wow. I didn't even, that didn't even hit me. Okay. So this movie came out November 18th, 1983. Fuck, it's old. Fuck, I'm old. Okay. So what do you guys think the budget for Sleepaway Camp was, Katie? $250,000. Greg. I saw the number already. So, Katie, the budget was $350,000. That's $100,000 more than they needed. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it probably was, the cameras were expensive, I guess. I it was know. a cheap movie still. $350,000. They didn't even yeah. break half a mil. So. Okay. so, what do you think the box office was, Katie? I said one and a half million. That's fucking cute. Eleven million dollars. This movie was fucking popular and big, and people brought up the twist and the craziness. I'm telling you, people say this movie was fucking special, and that's why people keep talking about it. It's a special movie. I made like thirty times its budget. Yeah, that's why I had enough money to do run that shit back like almost four times Fuck. So, but how has like how does nobody still talk about it though if it made that kind of money and was that impactful like yeah well the problem is even if you have one good movie if you continue and the other movies aren't good the other ones weren't not as good it kind of sullies the name it's like I mean, it's like if the first terminator was i've just watched like, 17 nightmare on elm streets that would beg to differ yeah the first one was great, and the the other eight were not. <laughs> I don't know. It's a shame. Yeah, this is fucking great. Yeah. And uh, a female kill, like, well, not a female, <laughs> but portrayed as a female for most of the film, killer, like, that never happens. It's very rare. Oh, my gosh. That's fucking. Because just crazy. like with Psycho, that was a female killer until the end. It's like, oh, it's a dude. Female killer. To, oh, that's a dude. I guess, but the yeah. mindset was—it yeah. gets weird. But yeah, this movie's good, and that's why that cult classic feel to it. Now I'm disappointed that it wasn't Angela. It wasn't a girl the whole time. Like the flip is fantastic, and I, I really, really liked it. I think it added a lot to the the end of the film. But like, man, I really want a female killer, like a female slasher, not a female ghost whatever the fuck like, yeah the, that's all we get is like female ghosts or women who are possessed by demons and like, no give me a female slasher yeah it's tough not bride of chucky that's i don't want an accessory to some other killer i want like a just woman is psycho and kills yeah that's what i want so it's funny every couple of years it always comes up there's always some new article about this movie because it's so cool but then we get newer eyes watching it and they're like, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, which, I, make, which makes sense. Otis and I talked about it right after we finished watching it. Yeah. And I was like, mm, 
this movie would not work today. There's no. so many problematic things about it. They'd have it. to fix some things with it. They'd have to change a lot about it, which would change like the core of the movie because the entire idea of him being forced trans is just like, it's so problematic. Yeah. So uh, there's a ton of critics, but one transgender woman, she was talking about it, and she said this is deeply trans misogynistic and hates that they equate someone mentally unstable with the fact that they were grown up in like the identity that wasn't the right one. So they're saying like the movie is saying like, oh, I'm supposed to be a dude. I was dressed up like a woman. I'm stabbing everybody. It's like, no, it's not exactly like that. Sure. Problems can occur because of that. But they, you know, but like I said, it's a different time. And well, also, I think that that is a very basic understanding of what happened in this film. Like, you can't just credit the reason that Peter Angela was killing everybody to the fact that they were being forced to be something that they weren't, a gender that they were not. You also have to credit the fact that this person experienced an insane level of trauma at a very young age by watching their father and their sister be or mowed down by a boat and killed in the water they suffered also what seemed to be a traumatic brain injury because they were like they had their head wrapped up when yeah. they were talking to the the aunt and as far as we know never had any type of therapy or anything to discuss the trauma that they were dealing with as a young child so like yes it it would have been traumatic for this young boy to be forced to be a girl when he wasn't which is what all trans people experience for a while in their lives if they don't have good parents <laughs> and but the reason this person went fucking crazy and murdered all these people is because of all those other things that this person this um film critic just skipped over yeah. like it's it's not because this person was being forced to be in a body that they weren't it's because they suffered a lot of fucking trauma and then <laughs> were forced to suffer more to yeah. endure more trauma because of the gender dysphoria that the aunt pushed onto them yeah so like, it, just compounding yeah. trauma like it's not just the one little thing it's all of it yeah so that that's usually the the big thing that people see and i think and like i said when they run up to angela peter like the one guy that sees angela keeps looking at her body and it's like what instead of like holy shit she's got a head in her hand it's more of she's got a penis and he's so confused about life so like i said the movie kind of views it as I don't know if she's crazy because of the body switching or mind switching and not the, you know, she saw her dad get mowed down. So yeah. that that's kind of the big problem, but I didn't even, I had to sit and kind of think about it for well, a they second. Never make, but... They never make any mention to the no, trauma that she's just a bandage on her head. Well, I mean, it. I mean at the camp specifically, no one at oh, the yeah. camp except for Ricky knew why she was afraid of the water why she didn't want to go into the water why she wasn't speaking because she was at the fucking camp where her dad passed away in the lake like ricky was the only one who understood the whole fucking time so no one else 
had any of those clues to go on. They were just yeah. like, oh, that's fucking weird. La 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 la. And they skip off. And so they sing underneath a boat. Yeah. Oh God. Everybody was singing some dumbass shit right before they died. Well, they couldn't sing they were, every the, the lingo in this movie, like for a few minutes there, I'm thinking, like, wait, is this movie made in the 80s or the 50s? Yeah. Are people really talking like that at the time? Like just they're just their choice of words sometimes just really threw me off. Yeah. So minority kill count. I think that's a big old zero. Whole lot of white people died. There were some people that had kind of darker colored skin. Like Judy was a bit darker skinned. I no, thought she, she was. No, Judy we ain't claiming her. We ain't claiming Judy her. is white, white, white. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Ricky had darker skin. Yeah. But I don't and get, you don't Angela, I would have assumed that Ricky and Angela were like European. Yeah, because like, the dad kind of like, had some. They're, they're, they have more like olive skin, but they were still white. <laughs> Everybody was white. The only people of color in this whole film were the cooks and it was really uncomfortable because the one scene with the cooks in it was very like yes a massa situation happening like i know how to handle these boys give me a sec it was so (laughs) fucking awkward like there are no children of color at this camp no counselors of color at this camp the only people of color at all are the people are your kitchen staff and you are talking to them like they are slaves and they are responding like they're supposed to act like slaves it was so awkward yeah that was weird so that's big old zero so we are still at 250 in the tito turtle and a house full of vampires yep so does anybody have anything else to say about sleepaway camp it's really good but you're probably going to be offended or confused confused and offended but it's a really good film the twist is really great you should watch it yeah i i enjoyed myself i might actually just sit down and watch the rest and be like oh I yeah i think we'll probably watch uh, <laughs> we'll probably end up watching the, and then the I'll other frown ones and be like oh. oh uh greg so the original angela because she's still acting right now she they're working on a reboot of the original one and she's going to be in it so obviously oh she, can't, be the aunt. she can't be angela she'll probably be the aunt she'll, she'll be, be the in the crazy movie. ass aunt she'll be in the sure. movie somehow because that's what you do you do remake reboots of something and you bring back the original person because i'm actually i'm actually okay with that i'd like yeah. to see a modern twist on this yeah butts and seats i'm actually really curious on how how they will work it well because it can't Oh, they, it will get a lot of hate. If I know. They do the, no, the same type of transgender oh, no. situation. Well, the the Angela, she for sure, and she loves that role. And people tell yeah. her like, "You're amazing." Yeah. She for sure being there. I I assume she's probably gonna be executive producer on this bad boy. Probably. She'll be like, "Nope, that ain't gonna work." It'll be some sort of like Munchausen syndrome. Yeah, situation. they'll do it like, like that. No, they yeah. it it can't be like this again. Even though that twist, and, and everybody's gonna be expecting that twist, so you gotta do something a little different to catch people off guard. Because I'll be waiting on it. I'm like, well, Angela and Angela. I think it's a girl pretending to be a boy. That could be cool. Still problematic. Yeah, talk, but yeah. but we'll see. Whenever that movie comes out, I'm pumped. I'd love to see a newer one because they can get even more graphic and hopefully use practical effects. That's how you make it look good. Yeah. So. With that, that is the end of this episode. If you have any other cool fun facts about camps and why I should have been on a season of Bug Juice, you can tweet us at 
Allentown Pod. Hey, you listen to crazy. Uh, we have an email it is. Allentown Presents at gmail.com. Facebook at Allentown Presents. Sound of music you listen to right now. That is flipping the combined effort. Flipping the CD anywhere you can find them. The Studio Pieces, thank you so much for the artwork. So that was episode 22. A really good one. Not camp stuff. Uh, I still want to go to the camp. Katie telling me all the reasons why I shouldn't. Well, we can go to adult camp. That's different. Adult summer camp would be okay. Yeah. Because we're adults. Yeah, you're trying to pay too much. But yeah, that'd be fun. We're adults. We can handle ourselves. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to pay like a thousand bucks for that. Oh, well, that's too bad. Camp is expensive as fuck. Oh, fuck no. We'll make camp here. You don't even like the outdoors. I don't know why you do that. Some what? Anyway. So we have nine more movies. We have a couple of new things popping up, and I'm, I'm very excited about them. And then it'll be the end. And then we'll have to do other movies. Yeah. <laughs> more scary movies. It's not like the scary movie aspect, man. Yeah, I know. It goes on one of them. Oh, so We get a social life again. Oh, no. <laughs> but like always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Let me be a counselor at that damn camp. I better get my black ass far for beating someone's ass.